0: Coming up on SBJ Spotlight. Why the pandemic has made it tougher for the sports industry to hire and retain talent. How Riot Games is pushing beyond esports. What the Drone Racing League is doing to become a mainstream sport. And where Buzzer CEO, Bo Han, sees the future of live sports. That plus much more right now
1: on SBJ Spotlight. Hello, I'm Abe Madcor and welcome to another episode of SBJ Spotlight. Up front today, a quick look behind the headlines at some of the biggest stories in sports business. Well, Bill Sutton, welcome to SBJ Spotlight, longtime contributor to Sports Business Journal. Bill, you wrote a column for SBJ about the sports industry facing a uh, hiring and retention crisis. And it's proved to be one of the most popular columns you've ever written for SBJ. So let's talk about why you feel this to be a crisis. But also, what was the response from the industry readers that you heard from?
2: Probably the number one response was was from the uh, mid-level managers saying, this is great. I'm glad you said it. Did my boss read this? So there's concern that they, they understand this is a problem the line managers and the director levels and the managers know, because they're the ones trying to recruit. They're the ones faced with hearing why people don't wanna do something or why they don't wanna go. And, you know, it's gonna take change. I mean, I've always said that one of the barriers to change in our industry is that the people that have risen up now to the VP and presidential leadership levels have grown through pretty much a similar system 90 calls a day and in, in the office before eight, at, don't leave, don't leave until everybody else is left, be there till at least seven, work, work every game night, do all these things. And after COVID, that's not the world we live in anymore. And I just think that there's people, people want more to their work life. They want their work life to have meaning and they don't want to have a work life, in a, they want the life life to be life. and want everything to fit in together.
1: And so, you know, to your point, Bill, in terms of, because you write your columns for SPJ after you talk to a lot of people and a lot of feedback. So this is obviously something you've been hearing from your sources. Is it a bigger issue on hiring or retention, or are they the same? They're the same. Yeah.
2: Uh, we, have to, we have to now look at hiring as retaining from the very get-go. We've got to be thinking about career paths and different things that we're going to do and different needs in the workplace. And think about that while we're recruiting because the benefits that we use to recruit them are also probably going to be the benefits we use to retain them.
1: Yeah. And and to that point, I mean, in the column, you mentioned a a couple of things I'll just touch on a few things that you said would attract entry-level talent or retain that talent. Some of the ones you mentioned, Bill base salaries have to increase meaningful benefits realistic work hours those are just some of the things that you talked about
2: and i'd add in help help with student loans be able to accumulate credits toward your student loans child care credits if not child care I, I just think that those are child care and the student loans are two really meaningful things to to, to employees right now and they oftentimes they're the the barrier you're going to work if it doesn't make sense for to, for a to parent household both to work because of childcare costs then you've got to think of, think about it differently
1: and you also talked about creating a personal development plan. Yeah. So let, let, let's talk about all those things, Bill. And let's talk about maybe what is preventing the sports industry from you know, providing many of these benefits and incentives that you see in other competitive job markets. Because you've been in this business a long time. You know your clients really well. How likely are some of these things to happen?
2: There'll be some organizations that'll jump jump on this and you'll see it within a year. Usually the sports industry, as you know, is a tale of dominoes. You know, when one falls, they all cop. I don't know if they'll copy this. Um, you know, one of my clients had people in the office the whole year during COVID, the whole year. Wow, wow. Nobody worked from home five days a week. And they had a revenue record year. So it's going to be hard to convince them that this is not what they should have done. So, but other people that are very, very committed to the HR things and they've hired people people resource managers and everything else they'll look at this and they'll figure out what they can do and they don't have to make a presentation ownership trying to figure out because it's going to there's cost here right. so it is right. the cost a number of jobs and you have fewer people making more money and getting be- better benefits or you know how do you how do you do this how you I, the question is going to be always how can you pay for it
1: yeah and because my, yeah your points, all those things are going to cost money from ownership and investments of ownership in people. And we know that that time has that, that's the rub oftentimes.
2: It's to the point now where it's just so hard to get somebody interested. You know, I've got teams, you know, I had, I had 10 people I was going to interview and two showed up. Hmm. So, it, but you're seeing that across every industry that they're, they're having trouble really, really employing people. And, but it's going to be attractive. It doesn't make sense anymore. I mean, a, when I started off teaching sport management, one of the calls I have with my students is, you're going to work probably 60 hours a week and get paid for 40. Mm-hmm. And you're going to work everywhere. When people are playing, you're going to be working. And it's going to be this, it's going to be that. You're going to get free hot dogs. And that's, that's, that's what it's going to be. And you know, if you don't want it, the, the line to work for Orkin, the exterminator is a lot shorter than this. And you can make more money and you can do different things. And people are saying, you know what? Working doesn't sound too bad. We're working at the bank. It Sounds a lot better than I thought it would be. I've got some certainty if I'm working for the bank, whereas with a team, I really don't.
1: And so before we move on, one, were you surprised by the amount of outreach you received after the column? And number two, it sounds like your prediction on could, what could be next is you could see an organization or two implement some significant measures in the next 10 to 12 months.
2: Absolutely. And I and I know you well enough that you you probably have a good idea of organizations that would do it.
1: Yes, I think you and I are probably thinking of the same ones. Before you leave, a couple of other quick questions, Bill. You've always followed ticket pricing and ticket sales, uh, as you know, as far as I've known you. Uh, as we go into 2022, I'm hearing premium sales, very strong. More people have more money. But we're seeing softness in group sales. We're seeing softness in mid to lower price sales. What trends are you seeing or hearing about? And what would you do to combat that?
2: Group sales are going to be the last thing to come back. People don't know if they can or if they, if they should or why they should. And so the idea of going in a group of 50 people right now is still too fresh in the COVID era. So it's not going to happen. That's going to be the longest thing to come back. I've also said that what I see coming out of COVID that affects ticket sales is that I've introduced, you, I've introduced a lot of new things in my life. Like maybe I took up golf or maybe I decided to be my son's coach. Maybe I've decided to do all these things. And I might have been a season ticket holder. Well, maybe I don't want season tickets anymore. Maybe maybe I want 20 games or 10 games. So you have to look at me and my lifestyle and figure out how to keep me connected. Because the worst thing you can do is let me leave. Where I think the net, net is, Abe, is at the same time, you've had people cooped up for two years and would love to go to a sporting event. So the demand for new people to go is h- higher than I've ever seen.
1: Mm, okay.
2: But they're samplers. All right. So, so just because I went to a game doesn't mean I'm going to go to 10 more.
1: And finally, I mean, you have your pulse on so many issues in the sports business. You and yeah. I talk about them a lot. What stories in sports business are you watching most closely and why?
2: Well, in Florida, I'm watching sport, band, sport betting. Yeah. And the re- reason I'm watching it is the Seminole tribe has a stranglehold. But MGM and everybody else are trying to get in. So there's two different lobbying campaigns going in one I'm talking about how great this is for Florida and we keep all the money locally in Florida and the, the opposition isn't going to do it. So I'm watching. I'm watching that one with a lot of interest because that there's a lot of precedence for that one everywhere. Uh, the other one I'm, I'm watching is. <laughs> and for the NCAA, which I've never been a fan of, and they continue to impress me with how negligent they can be in a leadership role. The whole name, image, likeness thing. You know, that's, that's an evolution of neglect. Nobody was willing to step up. They were gonna let the government decide what to do. And guess what? The states decided what to do because they didn't want one of their schools to be at a disadvantage.
1: Bill Sutton, thanks for all your contributions to SBJ. Thanks for joining us today on SBJ Spotlight. Thanks Abe. The Drone Racing League launched its sixth season on September 29th. And with it, a brand new outlook. The DRL has media rights deals with NBC Universal and a streaming deal with Twitter. Sponsorships include agreements with DraftKings, Champion, and the U.S. Air Force. But it is two of the newest partners that has the Drone Racing League in pole position for future growth. We caught up with two of the Drone Racing League's top executives to get their perspective on the league and its growth opportunity.
0: Pushing all limits. That is the motto for the Drone Racing League's current season, but that theme also applies to the league's business mantra.
3: This sport has all of the key ingredients of a mainstream sport, and you're seeing that over the last several years with an expanding global footprint, innovative partnership, award-winning Um, activations that we do with our partners. It's an
4: incredibly visual sport. It's wild. It looks like something from the future. And I think that catches people's attention, draws them in, and then they get pulled into the sport and the competition and the pilots, and they become fans.
0: The league continues to build its partner network, landing major deals with T-Mobile and new title sponsorship with blockchain platform Algorand, representing the property's largest ever. And while the price tag $20 $20 million a year for five years nabs the headlines. It is the tech that has the league even more excited.
4: is an unbelievable technology and Algorand is really the leader in the most innovative form of it. And so it opens up possibilities to do everything from NFTs for fans, uh, ticketing at events, but we wanna go even further and bring unique fan experiences like virtual drone racing placed on the blockchain.
0: In addition to utilizing Algorand's blockchain expertise, the league will lean on T-Mobile to build on its ever-expanding technology.
3: This partnership is 100% built on technology. It's looking at their 5G network and embedding it into our racing drones that are providing an unbelievable first-person view and immersive experience for millions of fans around the world. So you don't have to think about having a courtside seat or front row. We're going to bring the best content to you through this unbelievable drone showcase. The league
4: just keeps growing. We're expanding our broadcast footprint this year. Uh, we're looking forward to the return of live events. We can put fans back in the arena with the drones, and we continue to grow with new partners like Algorand and T-Mobile, and just looking forward to another great season.
3: It's absolutely on our growth trajectory to be building this next generation of fans that are going to you know, be born into a world that drone racing is a mainstream sport.
0: Coming up, SBJ's Trent Murray catches up with Riot Games execs on where the company is headed. Plus, Buzzer CEO and founder, Bohan, shares how his company is pushing to connect viewers in a unique way.
1: Welcome back to SBJ Spotlight.
5: Thank you everybody for watching. Uh, my name is Trent Murray. I'm here at Sports Business Journal with Waylon Rosell, who is now the head of operations for Riot Esports and president of Riot Esports, John Needham, about the future of Esports for Riot Games. And uh, just really excited today to get to talk with you about Thank all you the so amazing things that Riot has in store. So first off, uh, congrats on the new role. Thank it has you. to be really exciting. I wonder if you can just tell us quickly a little bit more about Uh, What it means for you to be in this uh, organizational hierarchy and and with esports placed in such a position of prominence that it really hasn't been in before uh, with any game development company.
6: You know this uh, being a business unit within Riot is super exciting uh, because we're pursuing this vision of being a 21st century entertainment company. And most entertainment companies have a very strong presence in sports and so We're there now to really reinforce that aspect of what it means to be a full-fledged Entertainment company and that's super exciting and it gives us all sorts of priority and exposure across riot with the game teams And with what we're doing in entertainment to
7: really bring together great experiences that our fans are gonna love we've got a lot of great plans that we're excited for and aspirations for where we're going to take Riot Esports now that we have League of Legends, Valorant, Wild Rift, and other titles that we're we're working on. So we're really sort of embracing this multi-game, multi-sport future. Um, And sort of part of my role will be to essentially take the strategies that we have for each of our titles and operationalize them across the globe. So working with the hundreds of of riders that we have working in in various local offices and trying to make sure that we're sort of working as one team to achieve our mission and, uh, and, and bringing joy to billions of fans around the world.
5: So every eSport for Riot, since you've moved into so many different genres now, has sort of a very different global focus. So for for you, how do you bring all of the different uh, global infrastructures for each of these very distinct games together
7: mm-hmm. uh, in
5: your new role? And so, yeah, that that
7: is the challenge, right? That is how do we scale and how do we um, find ways to sustainably, like, throw all the events and run all the leagues and all the broadcasts and so uh, I think one of those ways is First off, just to invest in the offices that we have across the globe, whether it's Berlin or Los Angeles, Sao Paulo, Seoul, Shanghai. We're building new offices in, in uh, Singapore and in in, in, in other areas, and, and investing in the 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 people, like the human capital, really. At the end of the day, and that's where we, all of our creative energy comes from. But it's also infrastructure. Um, you know, if you, you know, investing in broadcast centers in, uh, you know, in, in across the globe, so that we can get twenty four hour uh, follow the sun coverage and can produce large amounts of content at scale and, and in a way that ultimately keeps the high quality bar that we sort of hold ourselves to when it comes to eSports broadcast. So that's where it's a people infrastructure and capital infrastructure investments uh, uh, just trying to, trying to grow and meet the demands of not one but three new sports.
5: So, one of the big things we always talk about in esports is the road to sustainability. So, yeah. with this new position and with Riot put, putting such an emphasis on esports, what are some of the key ways that we can expect over the coming years that Riot is going to move esports towards that sustainability in, in revenue and in, in structure and everything?
6: Yeah, I mean, we approach esports. With a very long-term vision so we are in this to build a highly sustainable business not just for riot but our teams our teams invest a lot of money into our sports and we want to make sure it's a very healthy business for them so um, we're investing a lot in infrastructure we're investing a lot in our shows to build fandom and viewership All of that translates ultimately into revenues that we can bring for our teams and for the sport itself. So uh, that's super exciting.
5: And obviously, Riot is making a very long term play and focus on esports, but we've also got the near future with mm-hmm. the first ever Valorant World Championship mm-hmm. yeah. concluding the first ever Valorant season. Obviously, this has been a big focus for you over the last year, uh, and we just finished a huge uh, celebration of League of Legends mm-hmm. esports with the conclusion of that World Championship. Uh, so, what can we expect from the first uh, Valorant? Esports World Championship and maybe what has been informed by the success of League of Legends over the last several years
7: Yeah, I mean, you know Valorant champions around the corner we couldn't be more excited to have our crown our first world champion in Berlin Um, and I, the, the best news about this is we've we've had you know our aspirational target of what to shoot at. I mean, if you look at uh, Worlds, which just concluded in Iceland, it, it it really is the sort of granddaddy of them all. It's 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 the tournament of the year, and so we know that the most important thing. Um, is to, to be safe in this environment, right? So we, we picked a, a venue and a location that gave us the chance to fly the most number of teams around the world and have really safe competition and, 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 and invest there. But also for fans, it's it's more than just uh an amazing competition it's really a time to celebrate all things valorant um the culture of valorant the influencers around the world who'll be hosting watch parties um and then ideally it's the blending of game and culture and sport and music all together into one event that can't that can't be missed and so we think that that formula of of really taking this holistic approach and to to serve all fans of a game that we I think successfully have done so with Worlds, we're gonna try to to bring that formula over to Valorant
5: and and throw a hell of a party. Excellent, well it's definitely going to be exciting to see what the future holds for Riot Games. William, thank you so much for joining me and thank you everyone for watching. Thank you.
1: One of the elements to keep an eye on in the sports business is of course, innovation. Leaders across the business are looking for ways to bring live games directly to the consumer and the sports fan. You know, earlier this month at our Media Innovators event, we caught up with Buzzer CEO and founder, Bohan, to get his perspective on what he is building and how he plans to partner with teams, leagues, and fans to bring those key sports moments right to the palm of your hand.
8: Buzzer is a mobile-first live notifications platform that really uh, let's you know when the most interesting moments of a game is happening and allows you a simple access to it And so it could be the last two minutes of the Lakers Cavs game And we alerting you saying LeBron James is going off 99 cents to watch again if it's part of a subscription It's free if not then you pay the micropayment It's to be partner first right really understanding the current uh, rights landscape and where the gaps are uh, as I mentioned before there's a generational gap when it comes to consumption of live sports live rights are the heartbeat of this bit, uh, of this industry of this business right and so how do we protect those live rights but also uh, create opportunities for the younger generation to engage with this most valuable ip which are live rights and so uh, for us it's all about how do we drive an incremental audience but also how do we create uh, incremental revenue channels for that audience it's very intentional that we're creating a mobile first platform right gen z has dominantly been consuming all sources of media on their phones as well, right? And so how do we put it in a format that they consume rest of content? Look at uh, their consumer behavior on TikTok, right? It could be very short sessions, but very high frequency, right? And so um, how do we uh, really optimize a three, four hour game to uh, a format that they consume other pieces of content? And so essentially what we do want to create is um, how do we create opportunities for short form live? Uh, where Gen Z are very aptly uh, engaging with content like that. We're here to uh, advance the industry because we're creating products that complement each of our partners, whether it be leagues, networks, uh, SVODs, OTT platforms, or even RSNs, right? And so our full intention is to be a partner to everyone and really highlight different products to um, really um, uplift the entire uh, industry itself. And so Um, I think a lot of times innovation gets to be synonymous with disruption. Um, We're here to advance, we're here to complement, and again, you know, our goal is to get more people to watch live games, and that should be an agreement for everyone, right? And so um, along the lines of also how do we engage with the lost generation that is not readily addressable by television, so how do we address them in a mobile-first, short-form, live way? I think one of our edges is that we are neutral and we are an aggregator. Right. We want to create a a consumer first experience that really surrounds a sports fan and what they're interested in. Right. And so, you know, in terms of a product, we want to promote games and live games in general, um, even if they're not on buzzer. Right. And so in the future, we hope to be the destination where you can quickly figure out what's playing, where, what part of subscription they're part of. And, you know, ultimately, we want to drive more. Uh, audience uh, for the, the uh, for uh, the existing leagues and networks. For them, it's more usage, right? And more engagement, right? And it's quick, uh, quickly figuring out a way that caters to the younger fan and the audience itself, right? And so uh, for not only uh, mobile operators, um, but also um, other ecosystems, right? Like we, we want to lean into Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and we par- want to partner with those social platforms as well because they are a platform of self-expression right? What's more than a self uh, form of self-expression when you're exclaiming joy or pain when your favorite team loses life, right? And so uh, we, we are creating uh, more opportunities in the mobile ecosystem. Um, also, you know, we want to be a great partner for the bet- betting ecosystem. Um, as we say internally, is that every notifiable moment on buzzer becomes a bettable moment, right? And so um, how do we drive more in-game engagement uh, for betting operators, but also just understand what you're interested in, right? If you put, Uh, $20 on a a 7.5-point spread uh, for the Rams and Titans game, we're going to alert you when it's a 7-point game, right, or a touchdown game. So uh, there's a lot of opportunities where we can further drive engagement by understanding our consumers. So uh, at the end of the day, we want to surround uh, the fan experience and really surround that mobile experience around uh, that fan and what they're interested in.
1: Thank you for joining us for another episode of SBJ Spotlight. And on behalf of everyone here at Sports Business Journal, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving holiday. We'll be back in two weeks with a look at, again, the top stories in sports business. In the meantime, if you have questions, thoughts, or comments, please email them directly to us at spotlight at sportsbusinessjournal.com. Again, have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you in a couple weeks again on SBJ Spotlight. Until then... Take care. We'll see you down the road.